hope you're ready for a great study today. This is the word of God on demand just for you as I share about relationships today. You know, sometimes in life you didn't do it. Sometimes you're in a relationship and the relationship leads you down a path that's not where you plan to be. And I want to show you how Joshua and Caleb managed a problem they didn't create, a 40-year problem. Boy, this is going to be good. Stay with me today. Enjoy the word. It's going to be a great study. Stay right there. I'll come back and pray for you at the end. Stay there. Well, glad you're back. Listen, I want to say I am really excited that you're here today as we talk today about something that's really important to me. You know, every year I try to answer a question. And the question this year is, what have you said you were going to do that you've not done? What have you promised you would do and you said you're going to do, but you've never done it. People often make promises. And one of the reasons why they don't do what they say is because they are trapped. In this study, we've been working through several reasons that people are trapped. The first sermon we talked about trapped in the wrong places. And we used Israel as our example of people who are in a place that is bad. They were not supposed to stay in Egypt for as long as they did. I believe that based on the way the scripture talked about it, you can go back and hear the first sermon where I went through the dates and times. Basically, they were supposed to stay for seven years of, of famine. Um, you know, Jacob, uh, Joseph rather, uh, had brought 70 of them over to Egypt to stay there during the famine. And they stayed 430 years. And so because they were in the wrong place, they ended up trapped. And sometimes you stay someplace too long and you get trapped. And so you never do what you're supposed to do because you're in the wrong place. Then the next week we talked about being trapped in fear and how fear stops you and doesn't allow you to advance because you, you're, you're in a place you're not supposed to be and then you end up allowing fear to rob you. So some people never do what they're supposed to do because of fear. We talked about that. Today, we talked about relationships. We'll talk about trapped in a bad relationship. And the goal is to help you see that when you're in a relationship that is not helpful, it can put you in circumstances you didn't create. And that's what this story is about. And so I want to, if I can, take you on a journey. If you open your Bibles and I want to go to the book of Numbers, chapter 14, verse 26. And I want to read for you the text. The Lord said to Moses and to Aaron, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall, every one of you, 20 years old or more, who counted in the census and who has grumbled against me. Not one of you, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hands to make your home, except Two guys, Caleb, the son of Jephthah, and Joshua, the son of Nun. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. But as for you, your bodies will fall in, in this wilderness. Your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lies in the wilderness. For 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explored the land, you will suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. Last verse. 
I, the Lord, have spoken and I will surely do these things to this whole wicked community, which is which is banded together against me. They will meet their end in this wilderness. Here they will die. Wow. Now, I want to tell you something. This is a verbal beatdown. Now, some of you say, well, what's that all about? Well, let me tell you. God led Israel out of Egypt and got them to a place called Kadesh Barnea, which was a place they were camped. And he said, I want you guys to go over and I want you to spy out this land because I'm going to give it to you. And he sent, he sent some guys over there and they were supposed to go, 12 guys, and spy out the land for 40 days. And it, they went out and, and out and it's an amazing story of what he told them to do. And in the last sermon, I went through the details and talked to you about specifically what they were supposed to do. Well, they they went and spied out the land, but came back with a bad report. And because of that bad report, God said, you're not going to go into the promised land. And there's this incredible moment where you see the results of bad thinking. They make bad choices and they're going to have a bad result. Poor options. Now, what I want to focus on, though, is two guys who didn't do it. Joshua and Caleb. Everybody didn't do it. Everybody didn't create the problem. Everybody is not the issue. It's not always because everybody did it. Now, some of you got kids. I was raised the only child. So in my house, if anybody did it, my mama know I did it because it wasn't anybody but me. So I didn't have anybody to throw blame on. So I took it all. In this case, it's different. Joshua and Caleb line up with eight other guys, 10 other people, and they go and spy out the land. And they come back with a good report. They come back and said, hey, you know, we can do this. We can conquer this land. The other guy said, no, we can't. We can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. Joshua and Caleb tried hard to push and tried hard to encourage everybody. We can do it. They said, no, we like grasshoppers in our sight. We can't. We, they, we, they would like grasshoppers to those big old people. We're going to lose if we go fight. And so the, the 10 guys convinced the whole nation, they convinced everybody that they couldn't win. So... The Lord says, now that's a problem. Now, please be clear. The punishment that's going to be passed out here is pretty severe. The four, they were forced because of this report. God said, you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. For 40 years, you're going to wander. Now, I want to, I want to tell you, I don't know if you ever got in trouble because of somebody else. I remember one time I was in gym class. And back in the days when you had gym, which was a good thing because it kept it helped to keep in shape. But anyway, I, I remember these steps line up in squads and and the coach would say, all right, third period, line up by your squads. If you don't line up by your squads, I'm going to bring you in for paddling. Now, back in those days, they could paddle you. Let me say, I'm glad that's changed, but that's the truth. They could paddle you. And so he's all right, squad number three. If you don't line up, you're going to be coming on in to me. 
Mr. Big Stuff. That was Paddle's name, had a name, you know. Well, I was in line. Now, I was in line. I was in, I was squad three. I'm in line, Coach Luck, see? But the rest of these nut knuckleheads were all over the place. Ignoring the man on the big speaker saying, squad three, to my office. And I thought, now, see, now I'm about to get hit for somebody else. And you had to stand there and, you know, and he did that paddle you. He's like, oh, God, this is terrible. And they, now, that's where they outlawed it because they lost their mind in, in, anyway. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I will never forget that day. I got in trouble because of somebody else. Joshua and Caleb are now in trouble. And it's not just a minor problem. It's 40 years of trouble. So you got to imagine when they hear this from Moses. You guys, all of you, including Joshua and Caleb. Now, Joshua and Caleb, you get to go into the promised land, but the rest of you are going to die. And if you, when you read the story, I don't know if you noticed it or not, there's a whole lot of comment in here about death. You, your bodies, verse 29, will fall, every one of you, 20 years and older. You're going to die in the wilderness. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, it's just constantly saying it. He's telling them over and over and over again, you're going to die. All of you, none of you going in, but you're not, if you're over this age, you're not going in 20 years and older. Only teenagers, everybody below. Everybody in teenage years, young folk going in, all you 20 and older people, out. You're not going. So this is a moment. So Joshua and Caleb are thinking, okay, now they're over 20. Now it doesn't say how far over they were, but those are the only two guys who made it. And so, they, so they're thinking, okay, so, we're going to be 60-some years old before we can go into our promised land because of you. We're going to be 60-some years old. Now, I'm going to tell you what, that's the time to get an attitude. Have you ever been there? Look at your finances and say, now, I, my children did this, or my husband, or some, my wife, or I don't know who did it, your business partner. But there are moments in life where you have a circumstance because of a relationship. A bad relationship. Some of you say, preach it, boy. You know you're talking to me today. Yeah, I know. But what's interesting is the signs that these guys were trapped in this bad relationship. Now, I want, I want to show you those because I want to, work, want to work through those. I love the fact that when you study these two guys' lives, that they were able to build something despite the circumstance. You don't read where they complained. You don't read where they murmured. You don't read where they turned against the people. Think about this now. They manage the circumstance. Because there comes a moment when you can't change it. It's going to be 40 years. That's it. That's it. Can't change it. So what do we do? Well, what I want to do is I want to show you the four signs that they were trapped. And there are four things that happened that led to this. Number one, they grumbled and complained. That's what, that's what brought this on. Not Joshua and Caleb, those around them. Sometimes the grumbling and the complaining and the political fighting and all the stuff you see going on around you can affect you for a long time. Because we're in this together. 
I want you to listen to what God said about this grumbling, because this will help us, because a lot of us fall into this. How long will this wicked community grumble against me? How long will they grumble against me? I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. I'm going to tell you something. If you want to know if you're in trouble, if you're in relationship with people who grumble, they can drag you into a long-term issue. We suffer as a nation when we grumble. We suffer as a nation when we have political infighting. We, we grump when we become complainers. You're mad about everything. And your goal is to get everything your way. They're not even willing to consider. They weren't even willing to consider it. They weren't even willing to weigh out what Joshua and Caleb said. But please understand, Joshua and Caleb could not control that. But here's how I know that they were in a trap. The nation was in a trap because they were grumbling. And here's the question, are you a grumbling person? Secondly, they missed, and this is so important. Now this one, they missed the, their big chance. I, there, there came a moment when God was leading them to a place where they could go into the promised land, go and spy the land out for 40 days, come back, and then that was their moment. That was a very short window. Because they grumbled, the window closed. And so they missed their one chance. Now, here's a lesson. You don't get two and three chances for everything. You don't. And sometimes you're fine. You're the Joshua and Caleb. But the people around you that work in your industry, that work in your business, that are members of your church, they miss the one chance to advance. And then you end up in this wilderness situation for longer than you expected. They miss the window. I want you to see that. I don't think we get that sometimes. We think that we can just put off and put off and put off and there's no closing of the gate. No, there is a closing of the gate. He said you have one chance to decide whether you're going into this promised land or not. One chance. One chance. Sometimes you have one chance to be married to that person. You have one chance on this job. You have one chance. You don't have five chances in this situation. Sometimes you get two or three chances, but not today. They miss the one chance. That's important because you can miss that one chance and miss a blessing. End up trapped because you missed it. The sad is sometimes you get trapped with people. You were ready to go, but they were not ready to go. You, the pastor was ready to go. The pastor was ready to preach. The pastor was ready to reach people, but they were not. Or the people were ready, but the pastor was not. Or the, or the staff was ready, but the boss was not. You can miss that one opportunity. Third, third sign, their children suffered, and this was interesting because of their disobedience. The fallout of this is it affected their children. The sign that you're in a trap one of the signs that you're trapped is the children are impacted. I really believe when you look around and you see what our children are doing, it's an indication of something that we created for them. Verse 33 says, your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness, suffering for your unfaithfulness. I'm going to stop there. 
This is a trap. You know, sometimes when we look at kids and we look at the way they are and we look at all the things that are going on and the crime and stuff and, and, and we want to go all these bad children, sometimes it's because we created this. See, the children wouldn't have had this experience if the parents, the older folks, had done what they were supposed to do. But because they didn't, now not only are the parents trapped, not only are the innocent Joshua and Caleb trapped, but the children are trapped. So sometimes you can just look at the children, and I've said this, and it's, it's a painful thing to say, you know, because sometimes you go, what's wrong with these children, right? Sometimes when I see children out of control, when the police officers have to chase your child who should be home doing their homework because you don't have control of them, that's a sign that this family missed something. So now everybody suffers. That's what I want you to see. Everybody's in the swamp. Joshua and Caleb, who didn't do anything in the swamp, they're trapped. They trapped with the other folk. Everybody trapped. Mom and dad, everybody. And it shows up in the children. He said, your children are going to suffer because of your unfaithfulness. Well, Pastor Rick, you're just making me feel bad now. You're trying to say, because my kids are out of control, it's all my fault. Nope, I didn't say that. I said that's a possibility. That's one of the things you look for, especially when you see as much of it in our society. And what's really important about this sermon is this. This is about how two guys are watching this happen. The children are watching this happen all because of their relationship with other people, the older people. Now, this can be hard to hear, but we impact those that we lead. We impact those around us. So there may be 10 people in your family who made a decision to party, get high, do all the things they're doing, and they're, they're, they're spending money all over the place. They're bad examples. Those 10 people are the majority can impact the life and the quality of life of two innocent people in the family, the children in the family, the economics in the family are all impacted because we as a group, this has become a, a bad relationship for me because it has changed my life. Now, I'm not saying run out and don't like people. I didn't say that. Hang with me for a minute. I'm simply saying this is the reality that Joshua and Caleb and the children had to live with. My desire is to not create an environment where that's their reality. I don't want my kids or my, those around me or my members in my church or, or those that I'm, I'm influencing to be negatively impacted because of my decisions. I don't want it to be said, if Ricky Temple is ever going, if you're going to, if Ricky Temple, I'm going to flip it again. If, I don't want it to ever be said, if Diane Temple is ever going to advance, if she's ever going to have money, if she's ever going to be safe, if she's ever going to be secure, she got to get rid of Ricky Temple because it's a bad relationship. It's a bad influence. If she's around him, she's going to have 40 years in the wilderness. If she's around him, this is going to be the result. His grandchildren are going to suffer. His great-grandchildren are going to suffer as long as he is in their life. That is tragic, and that's what you're seeing because it leads to the fourth trap. See, you ready? 
They lose the favor of God. They lived in such a way, acted in such a way that there was no favor of God on their lives. Here's what, here's what he said. This is, this is painful. Woo, this is painful. Listen to what he said in verse 35. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will surely do these things to this whole wicked community, which is banded together against me. They will meet their end in this wilderness. Here they will die. Man, talk about a verbal beatdown. Now, I know some of you say, oh, it sounds like hellfire and brimstone. No, it's the truth. You have to think about what people pay to be in relationship with you, what it, what it will cost them. Your job should be to say, man, I don't want to be that person. But in reality, if you back up the train, that could be why your family is like it is. That could be why all this is going on, because sometimes as a family, we've made the wrong decision. What should we do? Repent. The whole family. The whole family is in the wilderness because of a decision we made. And what's powerful is the older people made the decision, 20 and above. Joshua and Caleb are caught up in it and they're innocent, but they can't do anything. The children can't do anything. What they need to do is repent. Now, if you read the rest of this story, they don't repent. They try to still do it their way. Well, I'll tell you what, we're sorry. We're sorry. We, um, you know, we shouldn't have done that. God, we, I know you said we're going to be here for 40 years, but I tell you what, we'll go fight now. We'll go and take Canaan now. We'll go over and start about murmuring and all that. And he said, uh, too late. That door closed. So they went anyway. Still not listening. They went anyway. Here's what he said. You're going to be here for 40 years. I'm not changing this. That career is over for you. Pick a new one. There's, not, there's no changing. Moses can't go in. You're not going. To, I'm going to tell you, this is a powerful moment. It's a powerful moment when you see what, what rebellion and rejecting God can lead to. I am about happiness. I'm about freedom. But there's a price tag that you pay and those under you pay when you reject God. You end up in the wilderness. Now, next time we come together, I want to show you how to survive in the wilderness. You see, I believe you can be in the wilderness and, and things can turn out right for you. They did in the end. In the end, they got passed through the 40 years. In the end, things work out. But there, what, what I want to show you is how to manage long-term bondage. <laughs> That's right. It's not going away. You got a debt you signed for and it's not going away. You got to pay that whole cough. You, you signed on some credit cards. You got to pay that off. You're going to be there for a few years. It ain't going nowhere. You can pray all you want. Just you can dance in the spirit, jump around, but you're going to pay those people. You, you, are, you are in prison and you're going to be there for a minute because you did it. You know you did it. You did some other things. They don't know you did. So understand that's just part of it. 
You know you're guilty, go turn yourself in, pay, get ready, tell your family I gotta go to jail for a while. I know they're looking for me. I'm hiding here. Got a false name and all this stuff. I need to just get myself clean, get right, do it right. See, you, you don't want to pay you 40 years. So, but Pastor Rick, it really is 40 years for me. <laughs> okay. Lord help him. Let me just say this to you. The bottom line is, I believe that in a wilderness moment, God can redeem you. And I believe in this story, the next time we come back together, I'm going to show you how that works. How God can take your life in a wilderness moment and make it amazing. I love the way Joshua and Caleb acted in the midst of a bondage they didn't create. Some of you spend all your life complaining, I can't believe I'm in this circumstance. I can't believe that they got me here. I didn't do anything and they got me in this situation. Everybody you meet, I didn't, my husband put me in this debt. My, you always talking about how you got here. How you gonna get out of it is my question. How are you gonna go forward? That's my question. What are you going to do next? What's, what's, what's going to be the next step you take? We can't keep dwelling on what happened to you. Joshua and Caleb didn't do that. They got the courage, gathered the courage to go forward. Sometimes as children, your parents put you in a bad spot, but you can get through it. Sometimes the people around you didn't help you, but you can get through it. I believe in that. Even when the relationships have been bad for you, you got a God who's good for you. Sometimes the friends you've had have been bad for you, but God and his word is good for you. He can change your life. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for the word today. I thank you for what you're able to do. I pray for those who are stuck in a wilderness. Lord, some people never do what they say they're going to do because they're trapped. And they're not trapped because of something they did. They're trapped because of a bad relationship. They, they are in a relationship that they just got stuck in, a family they were born in, a circumstance they just got caught up in, and it wasn't even their fault. But Lord God, you're still God. You're able to give them strength through this. And so I speak grace, I speak healing, and I speak confidence in their life. Give them the power to rise up and go forward. And we give you all the glory and all the honor. And now, God, I pray for those who don't know you as Savior, those who are watching this, some of them are saying, I need to get my life on the right track. And I pray this is the moment they do. I pray that your spirit would be with them today, that they would surrender their lives to Jesus and say, Lord, come into my life and be the Lord of my life. Let this be that transforming moment where they make a commitment, a personal commitment to you. And may they find themselves surrounded by believers who can help them grow. And I give you all praise and all glory for them in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I pray you were blessed by today's message. You see now how easy it is sometimes for you to get trapped because of other people. You didn't do it, but you're here and now you have to manage it. They grumbled, they complained, they put you in this bad place. They made a bad investment, made a bad decision. And oh boy, uh, this statement, I hope it stays with you. Bad choices lead to bad options. Sometimes you end up in a place that you cannot get out of because somebody else put you there. But I want to show you God's able to help you get through that. Let's pray. Father, I pray that the message we've heard today has lifted our minds and hearts and helped us see that sometimes we're in a place we didn't create, but you're faithful. You helped Joshua and Caleb get to a place of blessing, even though they didn't create the mess. You helped them get through it. And I pray, God, that you'd help them not spend one minute arguing, complaining, grumbling, blaming the people around them. You don't hear that in Joshua and Caleb. They forgave them, moved forward, 
and made the best of it. And I thank you for your ability to help us get through things sometimes that we didn't create. I give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can learn a lot from these two guys. Now, some of you say, yes, I want to blame the people who did it, but they didn't do that. They understood who did it, but they went through it. And next week, I'll talk more about that because sometimes people put you in a wilderness and I want to show you how to get out of the wilderness. But that's next time. I'll see you then. You have a blessed day. And you remember, God's able to get you there. Just keep going.